Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Here's how this show works. Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, shares with me the topic he wants to cover on a given program, and then I write an introduction. Today's program will have no introduction because Lincoln simply said, let's call this show The Bones of Joseph, and then moved on without explanation. Okay, Lincoln, I'm very curious. What do Joseph's bones have to do with religious freedom? Well, uh, first of all, I'll tell you where I got the title from. Uh, Joseph is well known to anyone that's read the Bible, Sure. although many people may have forgotten his story. But I think even many that have read the story haven't noticed that 400 years or so give or take, and that's subject to a little dispute, after he died, when the mixed multitude of, of the descendants of, of Jacob and many Egyptians and others, about a million of them, left on the Exodus and ended up in the promised land, as God called it. But they took with them the bones of Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> I think most people haven't noticed that. But they also didn't notice a curiosity that Joseph had been mummified according to the practice of the Egyptians. So they took mm. with him an Egyptian mummy, mm. but his name was Joseph. Mm. He was the great figure, not of the Exodus, but of the, uh, of the move to Egypt. And uh, the story of Joseph is most interesting. I won't tell it in great detail, but he was the oldest son of uh, Rachel, the favored wife of, of Jacob, right. who had died uh, early and left only two children. And then there were... What uh, ten uh, brothers, I think, of the of, the, of another wife, mm -hmm. and there was huge jealousy between these children, and Joseph set things going royally when he was given a dream, and the inference is that it was divinely uh, imputed into him, but he was given a dream of all of his brothers and sisters and his mother and father bowing down to him. That's something you should not share with your brothers. I'm just sorry, Joseph. He was wrong in doing that. <laughs> yes, I think. <laughs> if I did that with my brothers, forget about it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, yeah, the Bible is is realistic. It's, I don't think it's smoothing over everything. But, you know, there was a, an intimation given to him. Uh, divinely of, of where things would go because yes. it, it was it was prophetic yes. but of course that just got the the antagonisms <laughs> even higher but he was a he was a young man of integrity uh, that's that's unquestioned in the story mm -hmm. loyalty to his father loyalty to god spoiled given a coat of many colors and, and you know things went bad for him and, and one day he was sent out to check on his brothers who were some distance away sheep herding and they see him coming and they said yonder comes the dreamer what do we do with him <laughs> Dad's not around, and, and rather than giving him a whooping, they uh, beat him and threw him in a hole and then debated how to kill him. And thanks to the older brother, Reuben, as I remember, he was sold into slavery into Egypt. And as far as they were concerned, that was the end of Joseph. But it's really the beginning of the story. And I think you're, you're on to something. He was a brash, spoiled young guy, but he had integrity. Yeah. And he learned to get rid of that brashness. He learned his real security was not a dad's favor. It was a God's providence. Mm. And in prison and in straightened circumstances, well, he was in prison because as the trusted servant of wealthy uh, Potiphar, when he, the wife tried to seduce him, you know, he says, how can I do this yeah. great sin against God? Mm -hmm. And he was falsely accused, put into prison, probably would have died there normally, but he advised 
one of the, the royal servants who, when he was freed, spoke well to the Pharaoh about him. But the point of Joseph, and I think it's, it's relevant to religious liberty, he had principles in a strange land. And in many ways, I think a Christian, or I could apply it as a non-Muslim or non-Buddhist or whatever, but any person of deep faith has to recognize that that faith is personal. And in many ways, others don't share that. So you're in a strange land. Mm-hmm. You have to hold to your faith regardless of the external pressures. And Joseph determined that he would be faithful to God. He suffered the imprisonment because of it. In prison, he spoke again. Well, we're back to your comment. He spoke his dreams <laughs> freely to one man who uh, he said he would be killed, yep, <laughs> as yep, he was, yep. and another who would be freed. You know, again, he could have softened things down a little bit. He, he, was, he was true to his principle. And the, the upshot of it was he was uh, brought before the pharaoh, Gave him a dream there about uh, uh, plenty and then, and then famine to follow. And because of his integrity largely yes. and the witness of his truth in the past, he was believed and he was placed just under the Pharaoh and probably saved Egypt from a devastating famine. And curiously, I've often said, was the vehicle for enslaving many of the surrounding Bedouin and others who uh, in desperation came in to buy the grain from the Pharaoh. And as our recent Pope... Pope Francis said recently in a much-discussed appearance before the Pentecostal audience, he said, uh, he drew an analogy and he said, uh, Joseph's brothers went to Egypt looking for food and they found their brother, their long-lost brother. Well, there's an element of that. I think that was a little self-serving story because if you think about it, uh, like many good pastors, the the, the Pope used it to his own purpose, Mm -hmm. applying that the papacy or the Catholic Church is the wronged brother (laughs) who the others come to bow before, and so Protestants should come back. And all analogies fall down if they're extended too far. But not just the analogy, the story of Joseph shows integrity at all costs, through slavery, through a a near-murder attempt. But he could forgive those brothers when the time came. I mean, he would have forgiven them, I think fairly close to that occasion, but when they finally came back, he forgave them. And he even said that my imprisonment, my uh, troubles were uh, God's way of saving all of you. Mm. He says, don't fear me. He said, you meant it for evil, but God brought it about for good. We need to realize that in our lives. We need to realize that integrity means something. Mm. With with religious liberty, we're often defending people, most of them Seventh-day Adventists, since that's our focus, but we will defend anyone who, through conscience, stands uh, for their faith in the workplace. You know, it's worth remembering. There are people still, the ones like we defend, they often have a way out. You know, an outsider can say, well, you know, just work this Sabbath or just, you know, a few hours further into the, what does it matter, sunset's not so important. Well, it is if your faith is is compelling you. And if so, you don't give in. Mm-hmm. You, you maintain your integrity even if you lose your job, even if you lose your freedom. And there have been and still are people that pursue their principles that way. And it doesn't happen so obviously in every case, but in Joseph's case, dragged him down as a consequence. And he could have said, here, I'm suffering. And all I've done is tried to be uh, uh, true to God. But then on the converse, it elevated him to the highest in the kingdom and palpably to he and his brothers, it saved a whole lineage and led to a people 
one day escaping and going off and founding uh, uh, a whole new line of, as, as the Bible says, a royal priesthood. Yes, yes, yes. And so when those people left, they didn't just take the bones because they liked to drag old mummies around. Joseph represented all of the guidance of God, the integrity that they were called toward. You know, as you were saying this, and I'm listening to this story, I wrote down on my piece of paper here something. God rewards integrity. The world doesn't always. We need to be people of integrity, not because of the way the world is going to respond to us, but because how God will respond to us. Am I on the right track there? Absolutely. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Uh, we know in the workplace someone's far more likely to be accommodated when push comes to shove if their life is consistent yes, with their claim. Yes, yes. So there is an element of cause and effect, but not everybody that is morally uh, consistent and, and stands by principles appears to be uh, vindicated. Some of them suffer terribly. But in the great, well, uh, Martin, what did Martin Luther King say? He says, the arm of the moral universe is long, but it bends toward justice. Mm -hmm. And we have to believe that. Elsewhere in the Bible it says, he that comes to God must believe that he's a rewarder of those that serve him. Mm -hmm. We don't know how and when, but we have to believe that he will. And, and it's not a momentary fix. We, we shouldn't be like the devil said about Job. Oh, he just serves you because you, know, you give him good things. Right, right. And, uh, no, we should serve God because as a creature of God, as someone that knows their very existence to God, we owe him honor, respect, and, and obedience. Mm -hmm. And he's promised that that has its own natural reward. So it's not just to to bow down before the implacable force of the universe. I mean, that, there's a little danger, I think, in Islam, if I can dare a comment, you know, that Allah is is a force that embodies what the, the, the Hebrew Bible says on occasion, you know, the consuming fire and, yes, the, and the stern yes. judge. Yes. But God's a little bit more than that. But sometimes, in our limited way, we can't see it all because we don't know the end from the beginning. But integrity is the most vital element, I think, of practicing religious freedom. If it's done as a demand against the state, they may not respect us. And the times that's denied, though, it will vindicate or show before the universe that we respect and obey this divine creative force. It really comes down to who we worship. It comes down to what is the central theme of our lives and why we're here. If we're here to placate the world, that's one thing. But if we're here to placate and to love and to serve God, that's another thing. And just in the act of doing that, we reveal to the world who's in charge of our lives and who's going to make the final decisions for us. I'm on the right Absolutely. track. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And religious liberty, I think is rather a pointless exercise if spirituality is removed. Otherwise, yes, it's just yes, a, co a yes. competition between uh, claimed rights, one claimed right against another claimed right. And, of course, at the moment, the gay lobby, for just to pluck something out of thin air, are portraying it that way. Yeah. People with a vested interest in religious rights are in a competition with them for certain rights. Religious rights, if they come from true religion, really are more than a right. They should be, like Thomas Jefferson said, you know, we recognize these things as self-evident. Mm. There's a self-evident exception, if you like, for someone who is, uh, like Joseph, worshiping God and will not compromise the image of God and, the, and their commitment to him by disobeying that. That's on a higher moral level. Yes. And it's self-regulating to some degree, because if it's true faith, it won't turn against someone else. 
it's really uh, an ultimate respect for fellow humanity. It's not by chance that the Old Testament is expressed even through some of the, what is it, Rabbi Hillel and others, you know, yes. it's worship God and your neighbor equally. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really humanism, but with the impetus that we're all children of a divine being. Hmm, the lessons of bones of Joseph. Thank you, Lincoln. Now I understand why you want to have this show. I understand it. These bones will live again. <laughs> That's what it says in Ezekiel. <laughs> or at I least like the that. Uh, spiritual that was inspired oh, by Oh, my. www.libertymagazine.org is the website for more information on these and other topics. I guess we talk about the bones of Joseph on Liberty Magazine. Are you going to write an article about this, Lincoln? Yes, I'm planning on it. There we go. Read, <laughs> read Lincoln's article on the bones of Joseph at libertymagazine.org. Also, subscribe to the magazine for you or for people in your community. That's all at libertymagazine.org. Lincoln, thank you very much for being with us today. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. And until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Lincoln Steed inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.